The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon, the handsome, mustachioed fantasy master Lothario with his own face on his shirt sitting across from me. If you're watching on YouTube, is Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray, and and all the other shades of Gray? (laughs) (laughs) I just realized it does seem... Kind of narcissistic, be having a shirt with your own face on it. <laughs> I'm good, man. Good. Just, uh, you know what? Actually, I um, I go out when I go like get a coffee in the morning, and they're like, um, yeah, for the cup, uh, for the cup, can I have your name? And I'm like, my shirt. <laughs> The guy with the shirt who has the same face as his shirt, okay? Do you feel like you have to keep the mustache to, like, since you now have the shirt? Like, if the mustache went, the shirt would no longer be applicable. I, um, yeah, I I, I talked to uh, uh, Kenny over at RotoWare to see if we can get a uh, Fifty Shades of Grey without the mustache so I could shave sometime, but, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Without making another design, no. We don't sell enough for Kenny to do that work, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, way back when. So, actually, actually, when you think about it, if you go and buy the Fifty Shades of Grey t-shirt off of uh, Razball Shop or at rotoware.com, 
you buy enough of them and then we'll we will have made enough money to change the shirt <laughs> so then i can shave so you know you're you're incentivized if you want to see me uh shave my mustache <laughs> All right, so we just have to Actually, sell like now that I twenty more that, shirts. Coogs, Coogs could potentially go and buy a hundred T-shirts off <laughs> just to get me to shave. She may be like, "Yeah, I mean, if that's all it takes, I'll take a hundred of them." <laughs> I mean, we can start something on Twitter, you know, or Instagram or YouTube or something, you know, the some kind of uh, you know pay pay for gray to shave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a, a reverse Movember. <laughs> yeah, you just have to go now until Movember, basically, without one. We just want to see what that looks like for baseball season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, one thing, one thing I won't do is cheat like Aaron Judge. Ah! <laughs> I saw you look over your camera. I saw you, Gray. You read notes over there. I did. I I did a sideways glance at the podcast outline to do do a segue. I did not do that segue without the help of the outline. I'll be honest. I'm sorry. I've been I've been found out. Oh, how far you've come since you know the last like six podcast hosts that were here with no notes. It was, uh, yeah. People should go back and listen to our uh, the podcast I did with um, the podcast I did with um, Jeff slash Ralph. There was uh, there was good forty minute chunks there where we were just improvising. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, so what else happened this week? Uh, uh, I think uh, Domingo Santana was good. Oh yeah, let's talk about him. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Aaron Judge is a big cheater. Who saw that coming? Aaron Judge did, obviously. <laughs> Knew it was coming. You know. You know. Honestly, this is like this shows you. I feel like anyone who thought Aaron Judge was cheating, like anyone who, even for a moment, if they thought Aaron Judge was cheating, they should take a moment and be like, you know what, I've. I'm way too far down a rabbit hole of fandom. (laughs) I've I've lost sight of reality, and now all I care about is my Blue Jays uh, jersey. (laughs) Like, it doesn't doesn't make any – like, honestly, even if someone was going to cheat, the Yankees uh, of all teams – don't you think they'd have a better system in place than a split-second glance at the dugout? That's what they're relying on. They're relying on a literal millisecond of him looking over at the dugout. Um, I think they'd probably come up with something better. <laughs> I think they might. I, I honestly think they might. I don't know. I mean, trash cans are out, Gray. There's only so many things you can hit in the dugout and make sounds. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, maybe... Not to not to give anyone any ideas because I know Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees listen to this podcast. But if you really wanted to do something, maybe I don't know out in the bleachers, like where the batter is looking, 
you flash a little like light or something. Oh, that's already been done, Gray. That one's already been caught. They already got that one done. That's already been caught. <laughs> yeah, you know what hasn't been caught yet is the old looking in the dugout. I, I think that's actually legal. Like, I think looking in the dugout would be legal, though. It would be. Oh, it, oh, it's a hundred percent. Like that's the that's the next level of this. Is like nothing he. If he weren't cheating, nothing he did actually was illegal. (laughs) There's no, there was nothing done illegally. But on the other hand, who's cheating by looking over a split second? (laughs) Like that's not, it's not just, it's just not feasible to be doing that. Like it just, like that's why, that's why the thing in the, the light in the bleachers has been done. That's why they were doing sound. They were doing audio cues because as a batter, you can't just look over in the dugout like a literal second before the pitch. I mean, it's just not—it's not a good thing to do. It's just not good. Not uh, they just put like the new pitcher catcher communicators on like the testicles and just like give yeah. them a tap once for fastball, tap twice for breaking ball. Anything, <laughs> literally anything that doesn't. That doesn't rely on the batter looking away from the pitcher right before the pitch. <laughs> that's, that's really like the the funniest thing is that the uh, the the pitcher it came out. I don't know. People probably heard by now, but it came out that the pitcher admitted to uh, tipping his pitches because, uh, of course, <laughs> of course he was. Um, but anyway, the pitcher admitted to uh, tipping his pitches, and honestly. Who, uh, Jay Jackson, whatever that he didn't need to tip his pitches. He was he threw, he threw like six straight terrible sliders. At a certain point, ah, of course he's gonna hit it. Of course, <laughs> he's the best hitter in baseball. I mean, come on, man, it's so dumb. It was that was really dumb. Like I do think though that is really indicative of like if you for if you even for like a minute if you believe for a second. Even that Jer- that Aaron Judge was cheating. You re- you need to take a look at yourself, bro. <laughs> you need to take a take a second and just re-examine things because <laughs> you you might have lost sight on uh, something. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean Major like League reality. Baseball. Major League Baseball cheat for the Yankees. They don't have to cheat additionally. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's funny. Actually, when they uh, when Aaron Judge was uh, called out for cheating. Rob Manfred was probably in his commissioner's office being like, hey, are, are, are we a part of this? <laughs> did we? Did, we, did, did they we catch us? This? Did they catch us? No, no, no. They got, they are, they're doing some kind of eye thing. No, that's not us. Yeah, no, they're doing Yeah, they're doing their own thing. Oh, okay. Because we're doing other stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're swapping we're different cheating. baseballs in. Humidors are adjusted. Yeah, yeah. yeah the window kind of messed up the sticky substance thing for them. Like... <laughs> Right, we're cheating in other ways for the Yankees. We're we're not a we're not a part of this whole eye glance thing. Oh, okay, cool. I just want to double check. So dumb. Oh, so Domingo Herman did get uh, did get a suspension for the sticky substance. It was some kind of black substance that was like the next game. Uh, and then on top honestly, of all their though, cheating, honestly, the the Domingo Herman thing. That was that was the second time he was busted too. <laughs> like they had caught him. I don't know if you saw this, but they had caught him like I think his, his start his previous start or the start before that. 
and they told him to go wash his hands. So that's the uh, so that's my other thing. I it might be just a Yankees thing, but what is up with this whole like go wash your hands? <laughs> that's like I mean, if you're caught cheating, isn't the whole point like you got caught cheating? It's not like it's not like you get a you know you get a do over go go use some jergen soap and wash your hands <laughs> like what well is i guess that? the thought is maybe now i'm just throwing this out there for the other side of it like maybe it's not an illegal substance maybe it was like the rosin maybe you grabbed something like uh, somebody's bat in between innings for some reason and like i don't know Grant. Th- like maybe you ate you know you grabbed your gum out of your your mouth and you know, now your fingers are sticky i, I don't know oh, but like i'm sorry okay no i i hear you but my my thing is though like if a like, black substance Scher- on the finger like scherzer supposedly they told scherzer to go wash his hands like anyone that they tell go wash their hands this applies to anyone they tell that to why are you telling it to them? <laughs> you, don't, you don't just you don't just say like, "Hey, you have your here's your first warning." Like, there's nothing in the rule books that says you're you have to give anyone a warning. Their hands are either sticky or they're not sticky. Like, <laughs> either you know how to check this or you don't know how to check this, right? Yeah, no, I would tend to I would tend to agree. Again, I, I think there's a little bit of leeway in there just because some refs are. Or some umps are absolutely ridiculous about about it and want it to be about them. So I I understand a little bit of leeway, but you're uh, you know I'm mostly with you. And, and again, you could clearly see it wasn't like rosin; it was a black substance. People were saying maybe it was like his you know he had dip in. Is like uh, I don't know any dip that looks like that. Um, and also I don't know if you've ever had anything sticky in your hands. If you go like wash your hands once, like quick. It doesn't fix anything. It just gets more <laughs> sticky. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, you got to stick them in there for a while and get after it. Like, you have to want it to not be sticky anymore. <laughs> and on top of all. That's going to be the next thing. It's like. If it's sticky, umpire monitored hand washing. It's like yeah, like you're gonna have umpires <laughs> like, like instead of like a lotion bottle, they're gonna be squirting like gasoline on the pitcher's hands. <laughs> I care. Here, this is the only, this is the only thing that works with sticky. I, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to put some um, gasoline on your hands. <laughs> don't don't go near any matches or, or fire. <laughs> Oh. Hey, hey, if uh, hey, if you plan on uh, you know going near a uh, electrical spark of any sort, you might have problems. <laughs> just, just so you know, uh, yeah, you can't throw over one hundred and ten miles an hour. This is, unfortunately, this is as a uh, an umpire. We were told by our, uh, our our umpire union that we have to warn the pitchers that we're going to put gasoline on your hands. <laughs> So, so this way we're not liable for anything. Just Player safety. <laughs> yeah. And on top of all their cheating, Gray, the Yankees cheated even more DFAing Aaron Hicks. <laughs> that was that was the one that was their their one like uh poison pill that they had to have. <laughs> 
that was that was part of the agreement that they made with uh, Rob Manfred. They're like, you know what? We're gonna let you do whatever you want, but you have to carry Aaron Hex. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he needs a major league job. He's he's Manfred's cousin's brother in law <laughs> sister's cousin. Like he needs a job. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you got a uh, hey, you got a job for Aaron? <laughs> like what? Oh, come on, man. We don't we don't want to carry Aaron. Yeah, no, you have to. I'm sorry. He's got to get passed around from team to team. Everybody's got to do it once. Just, just how it works. He's the no he's the no good cousin that has to work the cash register. <laughs> like, come on, just put him just put him somewhere in the store. He's got to he's got to work he's got to work for you guys. Sorry, <laughs> rotating from house to house. You know, every year. <laughs> Nobody wants him for longer than that. That's how it goes. Can't you, can't you help? Can't you have him like push a mop or something? You can't. You can't drop him off your team. All right, great. Let's get on to some baseball news that's outside of the Yankees and all their all their cheating ways. Uh, the the Dodgers have, but Julio Urias Urias is going over the fifteen day out with a left hamstring strain. He's out at least a couple of weeks, maybe longer. Um, they also have Dustin May out. He's going on the IL as well. So the pitching injuries just keep piling up. The Dodgers get one back and they lose lose two more. The good news is we get Gavin Stone up for an extended stay in the rotation now. And we are also getting Bobby Miller. We've talked about Gavin Stone. We can kind of talk about him within this discussion. Bobby Miller's coming up last year in AA and AAA. He had 112 innings, 145 strikeouts, 425 ERA, 118 whip. The numbers this year don't look great. It's only five st- or four starts, and one of them he did get kind of, kind of beat up around. Uh, but I mean, this is a guy who throws, you know, throws it hard. Is a is the second best prospect or third best pitching prospect for the Dodgers. Are you interested in Gavin Stone in every league? Twelve team, fifteen. Where where's the line for for or sorry for, for Bobby Miller and then. You know, Gavin Stone's, I, I think, above him for both of us. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I I think to a certain extent that prospect guys, and I would I would do this as well. I, what, I'm, what I'm about to accuse prospect people of doing, I would do myself, that they see a Dodgers pitcher and they're like, well, he must be good. <laughs> and they, then they see a guy who's 6'5 and 220 and they're like, He's definitely good. <laughs> Absolutely, he's good. High nineties fastball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they see the exactly, and then they see the uh, the fastball, and they're like, "He's absolutely good." There's no question. This guy is good. Um, and I mean, they could be right. I've said this so many times before, but you know, it bears repeating that, like, you know, like Clayton Kershaw, who. I believe is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. He <laughs> wasn't good his rookie year, so it's like rookie pitchers just in general are very flaky. It's really hard to rely on rookie pitchers, as we even see that like the guys who come up and who are like fantastic aren't necessarily the guys with like the best stuff. Like Brandon Fat is awesome. He's going to be really good someday. He hasn't been good so far this year. We saw Gavin Stone. Like, he's been, you know, kind of mediocre. Bobby Miller, as you mentioned, hasn't been great in the minors even. Um, 
you know, and then you have other guys who are like, you know, maybe a pedigree below, like an, uh, Logan Allen, who's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Logan Allen's not bad. And the Guardians, they do some voodoo magic themselves on their pitchers. But, you know, he's pitching as good as anyone. And, like, before the season started, everyone would have been like, you know, Gavin Stone or Brandon Fat before Logan Allen. And then you have, like, Tanner Beebe, who's actually, you know, a good pedigree and also pitching well. So it's just, like, it's really hard to say. And anything that Bobby Miller did in the uh, the minors, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't mean anything because the small sample size situation where it's, like, if a guy has one bad start, like you said, and that makes his entire line look bad, you know, like, Oh, another guy, like, you look at, like, Grayson Rodriguez. He's supposed to be great. He has not been good. But at any point, he could turn the corner and figure it out. So I guess I'm just saying, you know, with Bobby Miller, the stuff looks awesome. He looks like he could really be good. But whether or not he's good this year, it's impossible to say. Uh, I would pick him up because the stuff is there. And if he is – and if he does go on a run – you know, like we've seen before, Dodger pitchers been really good, you know. Um, Gavin Stone, again, hasn't been great, but he could be good this on the, uh, with this second call-up. Uh, you know, as I think as people are listening to this, he, he will have already thrown on Monday. So, you know, I'm not going to bury myself by saying he's going to be great <laughs> when he goes out <laughs> and he's not great tonight. But... You know, I mean, pitching is fickle as it is. Like, you know, as like going back to, you know, the fact that don't draft pitching high, like because, you know, you have situations where, you know, Drew Smiley, Nathan Eovaldi could be carrying teams right now. And anyone who drafted like Brandon Woodruff is like hurting for pitching. So it's like there's no there's no rhyme or reason really with pitching. It just you go you go with the stuff and you hope the stuff plays and if it doesn't it doesn't so you know with all that said I like Bobby Miller I pick him up in just about any league I grabbed him in a uh, fifteen team mixed league I didn't grab him anywhere else but that was really because I was just outbid on him uh, I think in you know for waivers I want to say he went for yeah, roughly like in the 150 to 170 range out of a thousand so we're talking like 15 to 17 dollars out of a hundred that sounds about right I, I i bid on him i didn't bid that much i think i bid like in the 70 to 90 dollar range out of a thousand so seven to nine dollars um i would have took him though i definitely would have taken him in uh you know most leagues just to see what happens but yeah, I mean, my expectations are, you know, pretty low, but hopefully he exceeds them. Yeah, from, you know, the scouting reports and everything, it, it's really kind of the the delivery from him. It can be a little inconsistent at times because there's a lot of moving parts to it. And so that's kind of the reason I think Gavin Stone got the, the bump in the pe- prospect pedigree and also just kind of the bump to get the start and the rotation before Bobby Miller got the chance because in for a long time they were kind of interchangeable in the prospect world like you know oh Gavin Stone is like you said 65 he throws 96 97 miles an hour like he, he he has everything you want Bobby Miller just kind of put it together quicker 
it could go anyway. Again, I, I'm with you. I think you pick him up if he's available. You know, you see what kind of happens there. And, you know, that's what it comes down to. Even on our best pitching, even on the top pitching prospects, we, we think they're going to be amazing. And sometimes they are. Sometimes you get, you know, Spencer Strider from last year. Sometimes you get, you know, Michael Kopech, who's just now maybe putting it together like a year and a half, two years into his his career. So sometimes right. it's just different timing. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, you know, speaking of a different Michael, and this also could um, come back to haunt me because he'll be uh, pitching before people listen to this. But, like, for instance, I picked up Michael Loren- uh, Lor- uh, Lorenz. Lorenzen um, in most leagues for his two-start week. And that was simply because he was getting two two decent starts. I think he's seen uh, the Royals and the White Sox this week. So I picked him up. You know, he was, he was pitching well. He gets two starts. If he looks terrible, I just drop him next week. That's, you know, that is what it is. Um, but, you know, for just this week, I kind of like that play better than Bobby Miller in like a uh, in a weekly in a shallower uh, weekly league because two starts is just you know I mean I don't even know Bobby Miller might get a second start this week I don't even know I know he's just he's uh, signed up for the one start on Tuesday I don't even know like after that I'm assuming once he's up he's up for good but you never know like Gavin Stone went back down but anyway. I you know I'm looking at like good matchups for two start guys almost you know more than some of these like hot call ups in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the team you've built and the league you're in. You know, if your pitching's good and you're you're set, you can kind of take these chances on these young guys and see if you do catch you know lightning in a bottle. You can get an amazing line from them over the innings they give you. Otherwise, in, in a normal league, you're right. I mean, if you can get a good two-start week, that's that's going to provide more value more often than getting a, a rookie in his, you know, in one of his first starts. Even if it goes well, it, they're not likely to go deep into the game. So there's there's only so much they can do for you, at least immediately. Again, not saying don't pick them up at all, but just keep your expectations in check and then see where your team's at and what you might need. Cause if you're 12th place in strikeouts, you need, you need innings and strikeouts. Moving on. Uh, Jose Polanco is going to the IL. Edward Julian is coming up in triple a this year. He had 31 games, four home runs, three stolen bases. He's hitting 287, 442, 481. Um, Royce Lewis is also due to come off the IL this week. So there's a possibility that, Julian Stay isn't even the Jorge Polanco length. It could be for just a few days here. What are you doing with the situation? Is it one where you're just kind of picking up Royce Lewis and waiting for him to come off the IL? Are you picking up Julian and seeing if he sticks? Where, where are you at in this in this part, Greg? Uh, well, I think with Julian Julian's been pretty good, you know, since uh, he was. I don't know since he came up last time. I mean, he. Had, He's, you know, he struck out a bit much, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a tough call because I like Julian for like deeper leagues, like in a lot of deeper leagues, he was going for a lot less than like Matt McClain 
um, who I, I think we'll talk about a little bit or something, or or maybe I think we talked about him last maybe week. We talked actually. last week. Uh, yeah, he was last week. Um, but Julian is like you know not quite right. McLean went off of waivers this week because he hadn't started uh, before. So that, that was why. So, but like McLean, for instance, he went in my leagues for like, I want to say two fifty to $300 out of a thousand. So 25 to $30 out of a hundred. And Julian went for like, you know, $3 out of a thousand. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, it's just like a, a, like whatever, you know, just throwing a couple bucks at Julian. If you have like an empty spot in your lineup, to see if you get something. I don't know. I mean, Julian's been good. Like he, he's got good power. Um, the like I mentioned originally, the average and his contact is a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an issue. So he could hit for a bad average. And you know, Polanco comes back. Uh, I don't know. I have real like hesitation of saying anything like positive about Polanco because he's been so bad. <laughs> For like eighteen months, like I feel like Polanco is going to be a bench guy before the end of the season's up. But you know, if Polanco comes back, I guess that could you know hurt Julian's playing time. And like you mentioned, Royce Lewis, he's another like you know wrench and all this. That's like what are, what does Royce Lewis do? You know, more than, more than likely he just tears his ACL again. <laughs> that's I mean you know not not to put that out on him. <laughs> Not to not to put the Kavorka on him, but uh, he's you know he's looked good in the past. He's I think he's torn his ACL twice already. Um, so yeah, I mean hopefully he stays healthy, and if he does, I would guess Royce Lewis is up and gets enough playing time to be interesting in like most leagues. And Julian then loses playing time uh, and may even get, you know, sent down. I don't know. It's it's a tough call because it, it might come down to whoever's hitting. And if Polanco returns, there's no there's not room for Polanco, Julian and Lewis. Like the whole thing with Lewis was really interesting when like Carlos Correa, uh, when, you know, he got he fractured his finger i believe last year for the twins so royce lewis came up and then royce lewis tore his acl so he then he then got you know uh, he got il'd almost as immediately after he got called up so that was like that that ruined his opportunity but now carlos correa is back there and for now he's been healthy so it's like julian i could see julian losing playing time but is it going to be julian polanco and Lewis, something there has to give. Like, there's just not enough. There's not enough at bats to go around with all those guys. Like, maybe, you know, they also have Kirilov, who's been injury prone. Larnick could get sent down. Like, they have a lot of moving parts. So, I don't know. I like Royce Lewis, though, in, like, the big picture, if he's healthy and getting playing time. Um, you know, I do think... There's a potential here for Royce Lewis to get, like, I think he comes off the IL on the 29th, so that's next Monday. He could potentially get called up within, like, five days of getting coming off of the IL. Like, there's no reason for him to be in the minor leagues, Royce, Royce Lewis, that is. Like, he's... He's done with the He's done with the minors. Like, as long as he's healthy, he should be in the major leagues. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, he's in the he's doing rehab right now, Gray. He's played four games. He has three home runs already. Royce Lewis, that is. So, (laughs) I mean, you're right. It's not whether he's ready to play in the majors. It's just whether he's healthy enough to to kind of play every day. Again, you said 29th. That's when when he's eligible. So you got Julius for this week. The the Twins, um, sorry not to interrupt, but I I think the Twins, uh, when they were uh, developing players, to say uh, for all the coaches, for them to say to their players, "Hey, look at Byron Buxton and emulate everything he does," <laughs> may not have been the best thing. <laughs> that might that might be an issue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hopefully Carlos Correa gets a you know an IL of being just really hey, bad hey, soon. Hey, 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 look at Buxton. <laughs> Can you do more of like? What he's doing? You mean the guy who's day to day with uh, oblique? Yeah, do that. Do that thing. <laughs> or the or the guy that you signed for six years, like a hundred and ten million dollars. Be be him too. You know, injured, yeah. very yeah. bad when he is on the field right now. That that's also that's also a good way to potentially go if you're if you're in the Twins organization. Uh, <laughs> moving on to another organization that I mean, honestly, they make the Twins look like geniuses. The Mets. <laughs> we are talking about the Mets. They have called up Mark Vientos. Is he going to play enough for shallow leagues, Gray? Where are you grabbing him up? And do you think it potentially hurts Beatty, who did sit versus one lefty since Vientos is called up? Where are you at on yeah, Vientos I mean, and Beatty here? Vientos. I mean, Vientos getting called up to only face lefties is that's goofy. that's so Mets. <laughs> so Mets, man. That is very Mets. <laughs> like, if the Rays did it, we'd be like, they're geniuses. But it's the yeah. Mets, so you know they're going to screw yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, if the Rays did this, it'd be like, uh, Mark Vientos would have top 20 overall in the player <laughs> Raider value, and it'd be like, hey, whatever the Rays are doing, it's, it's really fine. Good. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Just pick them up. Um, but, yeah, Vientos, man, I... You know, I have him right now in a 15-team mixed league, but it's a daily league, so I'm able to move him in and out of the lineup for when he's not playing. But I just don't think he's going to play enough outside of, like, lefties. At at this point, at least, it looks like he's only seeing lefties, which is basically useless for uh, most fantasy leagues. Like, especially weekly leagues. Like, even the deepest weekly leagues... If you have a guy who's only facing lefties, that, that's bad, man. Yeah. Because you're missing out. You're missing out on runs and RBIs and even daily. Know, it's just it's hard. Not, yeah, it's just really, it's just really not good. And Brett Beatty, as you mentioned, like he could be sitting versus lefties, which is not as bad because obviously there's less lefties, so it's not awful for his value. I, I still like Brett Beatty in just about every league for uh, you know. And for daily leagues especially, it helps. Uh, for weekly leagues, it becomes a little more challenging. But, like, in a weekly 15-team league, I would still start Brett Beatty. 15-team uh, mixed league and deeper, I would start Beatty still. Ventos, I don't think I'd start him in a 15-team mixed league uh, at this point if he's facing lefties only. Like, that's – you. You. I don't think you can start him. Like, you – 
you're better off going with like a guy with like I don't know Lamonte Wade or something. Like I don't I don't know whoever whoever's out there. You're better off going with one of those guys rather than uh, Ventos. But Ventos does have good power. I mean, he is probably he's probably as good as Brett Beatty in the big picture if he were if he were playing all the time. Like he could potentially hit like you know 25 plus homers in uh two-thirds of a season but yeah if he's not playing it's just not gonna happen yeah uh, you can maybe pick him up and just see if something happens if you got the roster room but you're right there's just not there's not the playing time for him right now anybody that's just facing lefties unless you're in an nl only that's that's pretty much not something that you can you can throw in your lineup uh, so maybe you can stream him on, on those specific days and pick him up in daily leagues, but that would be about the only thing I think he's going to provide here other than maybe sucking some at-bats away from Beatty, as you mentioned. I'm still starting him at like a corner infield spot with Beatty. If you've been starting him, I mean, sitting versus lefties isn't like, isn't the end of the world. So it'll be, it'll be fine for Beatty in the end. May, may lose out on some counting numbers. Uh, Bo Naylor got a very quick trip up. I, by the time you listen to this, he may already be back on his way down to the minors. He got called up to be the 27th man in the doubleheader. In AAA this year, he has nine home runs. He's hitting 257, 391, 507. But, yeah, I mean, you can understand that Cleveland can't fit him in because they've got Mike Zanino hitting 172 with a 46% <laughs> K rate and Cam Gallagher hitting 100 with no home runs and one run scored. Yeah, I, I uh, no, I hear you. I honestly, Zanino and Gallagher should have been DFA'd like before they were signed. Yeah, why is Kim <laughs> Gallagher should... starting? Like, I'm not. I've never heard anybody say he's a good like framer of and the, the ball or anything. And the, Guardi- and the Guardians really need hitting too. Like their their offense is really struggling. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. You could like Bo Naylor. You put him right next to Josh Naylor, and you got like you know the Naylor boys, yeah, it's basically like Requiem for a Dream with Jennifer Connelly. Like, whoa, there's all all this Naylor stuff. What's going on? <laughs> I you know I like Bo Naylor. I, I saw in like one league of mine, someone threw twenty five dollars out out of a thousand to uh, grab him. It's not I mean it's not a bad gamble. They could have thrown a dollar out because no one else bid on him because yes, <laughs> he was up for a game. Was, he was only up for the double header. So I don't even know I honestly I don't know why they, they bid twenty five. They could have bid two. But you know, either way, I, I don't mind the flyer and like super deep league. Like probably at this point I'd probably say AL only, like a stash. Um, maybe, maybe a 15 team mixed league stash. If you're really struggling in a two catcher league, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming at some point Zanino or Gallagher are going to get DFA'd or just like, you know, traded for cash considerations and, or, or whatever. I mean, they shouldn't be on the, they shouldn't be starting, let alone, the only guys that are starting on the Guardian, so um, you know, as catcher at least. Uh, so yeah, I like Bo Naylor, but he's in the minors as of right now. 
Yeah, he he has actually already been optioned. I just checked the transaction wire. He's he's already been optioned back down. Definitely a name to add to the list because I do think he comes up at some point. But Cleveland is just trotting out Zanino Gallagher for now. So we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Matthew Libertor is going into the rotation after spending a little bit of time in the bullpen. This year he has 46 innings pitched. He had a 3-1-3 ERA, a 1-1-7 whip, 30% K rate, and 9% walk rate down in AAA. He's he's another high-velocity fa- f- high fastball, 96+. plus. Curveball technically has a slider and change, but they're they're really just kind of a a mix up. Show me pitch. I mean, Libertor was grabbed everywhere that I I saw. Are you putting him in the Gavin Stone, Bobby Miller, Bobby Miller area, but above them? Where is he fitting? Uh, well, I, it's hard for me to say really any ranking on rookie pitchers because they're all they're all so fickle that it's hard to say because like Libertor could easily be better than any other rookie pitcher, but he could also be the worst of all of them. Like we saw with Grayson Rodriguez. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I like him though. I like Libertor. I you know I think he's probably. I, I watched him on what was it? I think it was Friday. I watched his start, um, and he looked great. Like I was, I was pretty impressed. Like, like you said, he really only has two pitches, uh, fastball and a curve. But the curve is like it's nice. unhittable. Yeah. It's yeah, the curve is basically like you can't hit the curve, even if you know it's coming. So like he could lay on the curve, like you know. Uh, Lance McCullers once did and, you know, lose his forearm in like two and a half years, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, but he could uh, potentially just like lean on the curve that heavily um, in that one start super, you know, obviously it's only one start. So it's a uh, small sample, but he threw the curve 34% of the time. So, yeah, I mean, he's leaning on it as about as much as you can lean on it. Uh, and, you know, he's good. He like his fastball and his curve are all he needs. I, you know, as I've said before, like if some if a pitcher only has two two good pitches, it's fine as long as they're two good pitches. And he has really good pitches, um, two of them. So yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know the slider supposedly grades out well, but. I, he didn't really, you know, he didn't really throw it much, and it, it didn't really stand out to me. I mean, he only he only threw it a handful of times um, in that one start, at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think he's great though. Like, if you're if you want to like grab a rookie pitcher, and also by the way, you shouldn't grab them all. <laughs> like, that's not that's not good. Like, don't be you know don't be carrying five rookie pitchers because it's gonna get ugly. At some point, but yeah, if you want to, you know, throw your lot in with uh, Libertor, go for it. Uh, you know, his his last name sounds kind of like a uh, erection pills or something, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I should be speaking very fast afterwards with all the side effects. <laughs> Oh, Libertor is a, uh, you could have a, <laughs> you, get, you get a diarrhea or, um, do yeah. not take if you're allergic to Libertor. That's my favorite. It's like, do not take if you're allergic to the pill. There's a, there's a potential for runs with Libertor. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
I I didn't understand. Like the Cardinals have done so many wacky things this uh, you know this season that him going to the bullpen was just <laughs> it was like just one of many wacky things that they've done. So I didn't really think much of it. Uh, they said he's going back into the rotation. I I want to believe that. I don't. He's better at least at least better than Matt's at least. Um, maybe better than everyone in their rotation, to be quite honest, but at least better than Matt's. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'd grab him in any league. You know, in a 10-team league, there's so many guys available that it's like, you know, probably not. But in a 12-team league, sure. Yeah, I would grab him there. Yeah, I would say if, I, if I'm ordering them myself, I think I'm still putting Stone at the top, Libertor second, Miller third amongst the, the three main pitchers that we've talked about here. The rookies um, and and Miller partially third, just because I think he's the first one that's that's back in the minors as soon as the Dodgers get healthy and they have plenty of pitchers who can get healthy at some point um, to to come for his spot. But there's, I mean, again, easily Miller could outpitch Stone and that could reverse. So I just think Gavin Stone stuff looks absolutely disgusting, and I think it'll it'll work out in the end. Uh, Tyler Glass now, who's not necessarily a mystery other than how long will he stay healthy, is scheduled to come back this Saturday, Gray. How interested you are in Glass now? I mean, he's he tends to be good when he's on the field. It's just that that on the field part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that little bugaboo. Um, you know, I saw one of the uh one uh, a fantasy site uh, wrote something like uh you know, he's, uh, his highly anticipated uh, debut was going to be Saturday versus the Dodgers. And it's like, that makes everyone's job so much harder. <laughs> that, that highly anticipated, man. That, that right there, it's like, highly anticipated by who? The one person in your league who has glass now? Yeah, that person. That person is highly anticipating. But, like, in reality... Right now is probably the best time to sell Tyler Glasnow in your league if you have him, <laughs> because at no point is his value going to be as high as as high as it is right before he pitches. Because once he pitches, everyone then realizes again, like, oh yeah, he's a a four inning pitcher, right? <laughs> that's a that's right. I for, I totally forgot that he on his career. He has a four ERA and a 1.24 whip in his career. <laughs> he's, he's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. He gets strikeouts. Like, he's fun to watch, I guess, if you're a Rays fan or if you have him in fantasy. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think, like, Tyler Glasnow is great for, like, you know, like weeks maybe weeks of the season like he's good for like maybe 12 starts possibly like his career high in innings is around like 110 innings in a season like it's not I mean there's nothing there's no guarantees in fantasy or with you know pitching in general so I mean yeah Glasnow is you know potentially could be really good but I mean, he hasn't really been a, you know, a huge, great fantasy starter at like, you know, for more than, you know, a handful of games at a time. And even then, 
you know, you you definitely like. I think right now, like, you forget how many how many starts he goes out there, and it's like, oh, he threw like four innings, and you know, he looked good. I mean, he looked, you know, he's a handsome fella. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's fine. He's good. I, I like Tyler Glass now. Like for real baseball, uh, you know, I think he's fun to watch for real baseball, but. You know, for fantasy, I think people get that – they get clouded in their head the difference between real baseball and fantasy. And I, for fantasy, I mean, you know, it's like him or Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's going to be more valuable this year than Tyler Glass now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe everyone realizes that. Maybe I'm saying the obvious. But it feels like, you know, no one would ever say – Chris Bassett's highly anticipated debut. No one would ever say oh, that. Oh, I don't know like, about that. They would, be, they, would, they would just be like, yeah, Chris Bassett's, uh, you know, he's, he's starting this Saturday. Like, okay, you know, like, but Tyler Glasnow gets the uh, highly anticipated. Like, uh, okay, sure. You know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Glasnow's always had that high K rate. Like, he's a 30% plus K rate guy. Always has been. That's just... That's just fun to watch. It's good to see on the when you look at your team, you're like, okay, he went four innings, but he had nine Ks somehow in four innings. That's that's amazing, um, and that's kind of how it works sometimes with Glass. Now you will get some four innings because it's the Rays and it's Glass now, and that's how it is. Um, over or I guess who who throws more innings rest of season, Tyler Glass now or Jacob Degrom? Oh. For some reason, I thought you were going to say James Paxton. Uh, Jacob DeGrom or Glasnow? That's a tough one, too. Uh, I'm going to say over under 60 innings, and I'm going to say under on both. Glasnow by by just a a hair, um, which, you know, uh, literally because he has beautiful hair. I don't, yeah, I, I'll say Glass now. Barely. Um, He's currently closer to coming back, so like we should technically yeah. see him yeah. sooner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, Degrom is like you know every time you hear an update on Degrom, it's like oh he's only a few weeks away. Like a few weeks, <laughs> dude. How many weeks? You've already been out for weeks. How many weeks do you need, man? <laughs> more. A lot more, Gray. <laughs> More, more weeks. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Glasnow throws like, I'll say, I'll say Glasnow's over under is uh, seventy five innings, uh, and I'll say Degrom's over under is sixty. I-, I feel like sixty might even be high for Degrom, honestly. I mean, if if they say Degrom's coming back, like you know, in a couple weeks, I would say. After the All Star break, I would I would probably say like you know Degrom's going to return the first week after the All Star break, and Glasnow's you know they're saying this Saturday, you assume he's going to pitch for a month, and then there's something's going to crop up because <laughs> something always crops up, and Glasnow will be injured again. I wouldn't be surprised if Glasnow's back on the IL before Degrom returns. <laughs> And and for anybody listening that's like, oh, come on, DeGrom's going to throw more than 60. If he hits the over on 60, it will be the most innings he's thrown in four years. Like, So yeah. Yeah, 60 that's, is, yeah, that's is kind of the number. All right, Gray, 
Um, we're going to do a Anchorman theme quick fire question here. Ooh. So I'm going to throw you a name. Ooh. It's either a mm. scientific fact. Oh. It's Sex Panther, which means it works 60% of the time, every time. <laughs> or it's I don't believe you. Okay. All right. I, I, let me let me clarify. So it's a, a scientific fact means it's actually yeah, a they're fact, doing good. Right? They're, you're ready. Okay. You're buying in. Okay. 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 I'm buying in. Okay. And Sex Panther means I'm I'm buying in with uh, hesitation. Yes. Okay. And I don't believe you means I'm not buying you. it. Yes. <laughs> I don't believe you. Okay. Okay. I think I got that. Okay. okay. All right. It's top of the list. Two Cardinals. Nolan, the Nolans. Nolan Gorman and then Nolan Arenado. Um, okay. So I'll say for both of them that it's a scientific fact. I think with Nolan Gorman, you know, they've really sort of they've committed to hitting him in the middle of the lineup, which is great for fantasy value. Uh, on its uh, just that on uh, alone, it's really good. Um, you know, because you get runs and RBIs, obviously. But you know, like I think his power is for real. Like he's he looks like legitimate. Uh, I think the the average while. A little bit high, maybe. He's uh, hitting 302 as of right now. Um, maybe that's a little high. Maybe he's more like a 260 hitter. But I think like 27 to 30 homers, a handful of steals, 260, 255, 260 average in the middle of the lineup, that's pretty valuable. So I'll, I'll say scientific fact for Nolan Gorman. Uh, and then Arenado, I think the track record – you know, more or less speaks for itself. I think he's going to be fine. So scientific. Yeah, I only threw Arenado on there because people were starting to panic a little bit after he started the season. The first month, he hit 239, had two home runs. People were panicking and and losing their minds. Uh, He's hit 338 with seven home runs so far in May. So everything seems back on track for Arenado. Maybe a little bit of a hangover from the the WBC or, or something like that. Um, Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Interesting. Okay. I'll say, you know, I'm going to say Sex Panther, but, you know, leaning on the side of scientific fact, because, like, we have seen him be good before, and he makes such good contact that I don't think the average is necessarily going to bottom out. Like, right now he's hitting 304. I don't think he's going to necessarily, like, hit below 280. So he's a good contact guy. And his power, while not incredibly great, I you know, not necessarily scientific fact, I do think Sex Panther-ish, um, leaning on fact because, like, I think he could probably get to, like, 20 homers. He has no real speed, though. So, you know, 20 homers, two to four steals, 280 average – in the middle of the lineup again, it's not terrible. It's, you know, there's probably, there could be better people in some leagues, but in a deeper league or even like a 15 team mixed league, that's, that's valuable. I, I don't mind Lords Gorielle. Yeah. So he has seven home runs to this point in the season. Gray, I guess for like tw- 10 and 12 team purposes, do you think he gets to 20 end of year? That's probably where I put yeah. his over under. So yeah, I'll okay. say twenty. So just give everybody that's so like it's 
it's like scientific fact because he's going to be useful. Sex Panther because maybe it's not use- overly useful for your team. <laughs> like I like I like when you put the outlines together when you're so stoned. <laughs> when you're when you're just like out of your mind, like hitting bong hits, and you're just like. I think everybody's gonna join us. I think we're gonna get comments. People like do the do the do the quick fire anchorman thing again. <laughs> and they're as high as you were when you put together the outline. That's very Absolutely. possible. I mean, they made it like an hour into a baseball podcast. That it's very possible, Gray. Uh, moving okay. on, we're gonna go with some lesser names here. Britton Doyle, who some people may be like, who? And other people are like, oh, yeah, I, I grabbed him up. Like, he's he's in my roster this week. What are you doing with Brenton Do- Doyle? And he's a Rockies outfielder. Uh, he's He's been up for about 20 games now, and he's just he's just hit great. Like, he's he's been hitting great. Uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, actually, well, I'll say, um, because it's part of the, uh, I have to say, Sex Panther. <laughs> I'll say Sex <laughs> Panther. Uh, you know, he's actually been a guy who I've, I've started in weekly leagues and been pretty happy with him. Like if you look at a uh, roster resource, it shows him being benched, uh, versus righties, but I don't think that's accurate. Uh, he's been playing a decent amount of times, like enough where I haven't felt like, you know, totally like bad about starting him in weekly leagues. Like he's been good enough. And he's also, he's solid for power and speed. So power and speed goes a far way. I think his K rate is, you know, it's at uh, over 35% right now. So I think his K rate is going to catch up to him and he could potentially hit like 230 235. Uh, he's at 262 right now. So his average could come down a little bit, but the power and speed will be fine. And, you know, of course, it could be worse places. And I think he plays enough. The problem, you know, the reason why he's a Sex Panther versus Scientific Fact is I just don't think he's necessarily, you know, this good, uh, like because of the K rate and the potential for a platoon and and bud black you know speaking of getting high bud <laughs> bud is an issue so yeah i mean i like him but i'm not 100% sold now i'm pretty much here with with you on every every step of the way there um i think the power and speed could play but you're right the strikeout rate could bring that average down and could get it to a spot where I don't know if the power speed is going to make up for it and continue to get him the playing time that he's been getting. And to your point, he started five of the last six games for for the Rockies. So it's not as though he's just, you know, a strict platoon guy. Like He's getting more playing time than not. Uh, a name that's very familiar, but we haven't really uh, thought of in a while, Michael Conforto has started to hit a little bit gray. The season numbers still look dreadful but at least over the last couple weeks he started to put it together are you interested in michael conforto being added to any of your rosters 316 four home runs over the last two weeks i don't believe you (laughs) that's that's what he's done in in 38 at bats he says four home runs hitting 316 for the giants no i know that's that's part that's the multiple choice oh okay i don't believe you're you're you're, you don't believe michael conforto no i don't believe you i don't believe you you're (laughs) the one who set up the caveats here or the the categories (laughs) i don't believe you yeah conforto has been fine for the occasional homer 
but he has so much weak con- he's so much weak contact with so many fly balls in a bad park he looks like a you know 24 to 27 homer guy with a 210 average that does nothing else just like the occasional homer that you know in an NL only you do what you got to do in a 15 team mixed league Maybe if you're really struggling for power, but in most leagues, he's not. He, he unless he's you know hot and he comes out of this, but his contact is so weak. I have to think it goes back to the shoulder. I, I don't. I don't believe him. All right, that's completely fair. Keep an eye on him in case he does. You know the contact numbers go up, but you're right. The contact numbers have been still just not great. How about Dominic Smith for the Nationals, Gray? He's hitting somewhere between second and sixth, depending on, you know, the the pitcher they're facing that day. But over the last couple weeks, he's hitting over 300. It's really just like an empty average guy, but there's certainly leagues where that matters. I don't believe you. Okay. (laughs) Oscar, one last one on the hitting side. We'll move to some pitchers. Oscar Mercado, a name that just haunts Haunts certain people like myself. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, Sex Panther, le- but leaning on, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there could be like potential because, like, the Cardinals just invent like players. Even though you know, we we everyone here, I think, liked Mercado at a certain point when he was with uh, Cleveland, but. Uh, you know, that was many moons ago, and he hasn't really even looked good in the minor leagues. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I worry that <laughs> he's not – I worry he's not very good. But he does have speed, so, you know, maybe if you can platoon him, because I think he's only going to face lefties. So if you're going to – if you can platoon him, then fine. You know, see if you – maybe you catch, like, lightning in a battle. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm leaning on I don't believe you, but maybe Sex Panther. Yeah, the only thing kind of holding me up a little bit is that he's had 11 plate appearances, hasn't struck out yet. That's that's a good sign, but like K's were never a big thing with him, so that's really not a new development. Keep an eye on it, but I'm I'm definitely leaning leaning I don't believe you. Uh, I, I'd probably buy into Dominic Dominic Smith's empty average or. Michael Conforto's random power before jumping back on the Mercado market train there. I No, thank you. Um, moving over to the pitching side, Joe Ryan, who is the number one starting pitcher on the player Raider, Gray. Where are you at on him? Scientific fact. I mean, how you, yeah, he's number one on the player Raider. It's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I might have mentioned before. I wrote a sleeper post for Joe Ryan. <laughs> you might have mentioned like eighty-five times. I might have mentioned eighty-six now. <laughs> we're we're counting uh, currently. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Joe Ryan. I I only wish I would have drafted him in more places. It was like, I mean, he felt like an obvious, just like free money where he was going in drafts. I, you know, he's great. <laughs> It's like I've said this before, but if you're striking out guys and not walking anyone, ah, you can't go too wrong, man. You just can't. <laughs> like it, it can only be so bad, you know. Like that's why even like speaking of uh, 
you know, twins like Bailey Ober is not really that bad either because if you are able to, you know, strike out a few guys and walk nobody, that's helpful. Yeah, well, you mentioned him, Bailey Ober. Where does he fit on the scale? Yeah, he's scientific fact, too. All right. Now, this is my boy. I've been drafting him for years, waiting for this to happen. He's finally, it's finally happened. I took so much abuse during draft season every time I take him. But he's on every single one of my rosters. Mitch Keller, number two on the player raider. Scientific fact? Yeah. Yeah, he's scientific fact as well. He's been so good. And I didn't see it coming. But, you know, it's like. Things like Mitch Keller are reasons why you don't draft pitching high. Like you could have had Mitch Keller in any league if you if you saw the breakout coming, or you probably in most leagues you could have just picked him up off of waivers. Like in ninety eight percent of leagues, you could have just grabbed leagues him off not of waivers that I'm not in. Yeah, well, leagues that obviously be not isn't in, but yeah, I mean other <laughs> other leagues. Uh, yeah, those ninety eight ninety eight percent. I mean, of only in two percent of leagues. So <laughs> <laughs> I I think my math is right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like Mitch Keller. Scientific fact. <laughs> All right, I, I don't even feel like I need to ask this one because we both loved him coming into the season. I love him because he's a cubby. I just want to hear it, just the steal. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I might have mentioned this before, but I wrote a sleeper <laughs> post for Justin Steele as well. Again, uh, scientific fact, Justin Steele has been like, you know, he hasn't been as good as Joe Ryan, like his peripherals at least. And I, I think like Justin Steele might be – he might be a sell if you can get something because I do think like he's probably at the peak of his powers. Like I don't think Justin Steele is a number one. Like I like Justin Steele. Don't get me wrong. I I drafted him this year. I I loved him coming into the year. I wrote a sleeper pose. I feel like Justin Steele is kind of like where I was with Tony Gosling last year. Like I liked Gosling, but he was pitching uh, you know a little bit above his head, and I think Steele might be as well. But, you know, scientific fact, because we, we both love him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been great. Babip's maybe a little low. Strikeout rate's actually a little bit lower than I, I than I'm, I'm was thinking he was. It's only at 22%. Um, so I, I think maybe strikeouts come up. Maybe ERA comes up with it a little bit. But the, maybe the biggest hindrance is the Cubs suck. And he threw. He only threw 119 innings last year. So how many more are they going to ask him to throw with the Cubs ultimately sucking in the end? Um, so that, that's a potential concern. But I love Justin Steele. I think you're right, though. I think this might be like an ideal time to potentially move him if somebody's looking like they're going to bounce use him to bounce back their pitching. They can use him for a little while, but then again, I think I think there's going to be some limits put on him. Lance Lynn, over his last two starts, he's gone 13 innings. He has a 2.08 ERA, a one whip. He has 13 strikeouts. Like, are we? Are you? Are you gonna jump back on the Lance Lynn train here, Gray? Well, that's where yeah, you at on him. A, that's a train with a rather large caboose. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm in on Lance Lynn because I drafted him, so I, I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely on the Lance Lynn train because I can't get off of it. 
Um, I'll just say, can't quit that I'll big say, behind. Yeah, I'll you know? say Sex Panther because I think Lance Lane would be appreciate being called a Sex Panther. <laughs> being called a Sex Panther. Yeah. I feel like it's something he would wear. Yeah, he would 100% yeah, wear probably. something like, like Sex Panther. Right. I believe that. I think that's that's very accurate. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Sex Panther as well because I don't believe it until the velocity comes back for him. He needs another another tick on the velocity before I'm fully there. Um, Patrick Corbin. <laughs> I uh, I, don't, I really I don't did want to put you. this on here, but I, like I, I see people you. asking. And also Patrick Corbin. Not only <laughs> do I not believe you, but Patrick Corbin had he he helped me have one of my. Uh, best laughs this past weekend when I saw someone bid like seventy dollars in fab for him. <laughs> what, dude? I mean, honestly, it's like people are out there giving advice. They should be able to say like, "Hey, just so you know, I bid seventy dollars on Patrick Corbin." <laughs> so, so if you want my advice, you're welcome to it. But I bid seventy dollars on Patrick Corbin. But I put seventy bucks on Patrick. Seventy dollars. <laughs> And no one else even bid. People are like, dude, if you want them, just bid a dollar. No one wants like, This is one of those situations. There's free pickups. You just grab him. Like, yeah, nobody man. Wanted yeah, him. like seriously. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not above picking up terrible pitchers if they have, like, good matchups. So, you know, like, if it's a good matchup, fine, whatever. But that's a dollar pickup. That's not a $70 pickup. I don't – anyway – I don't believe Patrick Corbin. His his K's are awful. I mean, his command's been better, so that means his his command being better also helps the fact that like you know his homers are down a little bit from like you know how awful they were the past two years. So maybe he's a a four and a half ERA guy versus like a five and a half ERA guy, but he's still not very good. No, he's he's absolutely not very good. Um, and even if by chance he gives you six innings of two-run ball, you're not getting strikeouts. He's got a sub-14% K rate. Uh, he, he For the season, he's a 4-4-7-1-3-8 guy. Over the last four years, he's a 5-6-5-1-5-5 guy. So you're playing with fire. Like, it's coming. The reckoning is coming. If you feel like you want, you can figure out when, when it's coming, get on you. Uh, Dean Kramer, Gray. I've I've actually added him in a couple of leagues. He's been pitching great for a majority of the season, really. Where are you at on Dean Kramer? <laughs> I don't really I like understand him, yeah. why he's I like been pitching well. I like that you're well. able to say that. And then I look at his ERA and it's four point six one. Like I guess I guess it was those other starts when you weren't on the Dean Kramer. He, he had a tough he had a tough couple starts to begin the year, but uh, yeah. since then, like it's been good. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he's been fine. I'm I'm gonna say I don't believe you, and <laughs> the, the, I don't fair. believe you. Totally fair. I, yeah, I don't believe you, but you know that goes hand in hand with like if he has good matchups and. Fine streaming them. I, I mean, but Dean Kramer, you know, um, you know, Lahayim uh, uh, to the Jewish brother Dean Kramer. But I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not actually picking him up in fantasy unless the start, unless his matchup is just so good. You know what's the you know what's the problem with Kramer has been? <laughs> so like I, I picked him up like towards the end of April. I started him at Detroit. That's when I picked him up. That was terrible. I was five innings, five five earned. So the next one was at Atlanta. Can't throw him there. He went six innings, one earned. 
Uh, can't throw him at Tampa Bay or versus Tampa Bay six innings, zero earned. Uh, maybe I'll throw him at the Angels. He had two good back to back ones, five and two thirds, three earned. I'm definitely not throwing him at Toronto, five and a third, one earned. Like, yeah, the match well, that's actually, working. That's <laughs> actually a good. That that may be a good area for a glossary term. Uh, for like uh, in our uh, in our uh, Rasball glossary, like a guy who's like a streamer. But when he has good matchups, he pitches awful. And when he has bad matchups, he pitches well. <laughs> there's there's something there to that. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just very – I think Dean Kramer might be passive aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> call, him, call him Cosmo? I mean, just <laughs> bursting through the door whenever he feels like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with no rhyme or reason. All right, moving on to uh, Jack Flaherty Gray. Uh, he had a good outing his last one. He's been so up and down. The the velocity's been up and down, but by hook or by crook, like he's he's been okay in most of his outings. And like I said, <laughs> last last three have been solid ish. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I know his. His overall numbers look really bad, though. If you look at uh, like his, <laughs> like like his his numbers on the year are just like oh that's awful. But I do agree that he's looked better recently. So I'll say Sex Panther because I think he's capable of being better. And if he is, then that's you know pretty valuable because he's more or less free in the uh, you know in most mixed leagues, at least shallower mixed leagues. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't mind Jack Flaherty for like a sex Panther leaning on sex Panther, but I don't, I don't know which way it's going to go. It's either going to go to scientific fact or it's going to go to, I don't believe you. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he stays in sex Panther. I think it's one or the other. I right. agree. He's, he's either going to collapse in on himself yeah. when everybody realizes he has no velocity or he's going to find the velocity again and it's going to be fine. Right. Um, all right. Two more and then we'll move on to the bullpens and pickups. Jared Schuster, who who got the spot start, it looks like he's going to be in the Atlanta rotation for at least a little bit. And then Rich Hill, who is just defying time, one season at, at, at by season. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, with Schuster, he he reminds me of uh, just about every Braves starter that does well. Like these guys. Everybody drink. Gray mentioned Brave starters. Yeah, like these. Yeah, drink, drink. Yeah, I mean, there's like <laughs> brave starters just have like they're just so good, and their peripherals just look like, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like Jared Schuster's peripherals look terrible. Like his his numbers look really bad, like beyond bad, like awful. But you know, then he goes out and he throws like a, a one hitter across. What was it? Like six innings six in his innings, last seven turn? strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. One, one hit, one walk. It's like, oh, okay. I guess he's good. <laughs> I guess he's good now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm interested for sure, but that's pretty. It's a it's a hesitant interested. I would probably say at this point, I'll say Sex Panther. All right, and then Rich Hill, who, if you ignore his first two starts, one was a four-inning, seven-earned run effort, so that's not good. Um, he has a two-three-five ERA, Gray, since since then. Are you? Can I interest you in some Rich Hill? Yeah, I mean, he's actually he's much closer to the scientific fact than I think people would actually believe because his peripherals look great. He probably looks he looks like he's rosterable in just about any league. 
barring like maybe the shallowest of 10 team mixed leagues. Like if Rich Hill looks like he's pitching well, like it's not bad, like the numbers. So I'll say, I'm going to say Sex Panther, but leaning on scientific fact. All right. I like it. No, I, I've, I've added him in a number of teams. I had him weeks, a couple of weeks ago, just cause it, it started turning around. And I mean, he's, he's been producing the fact, despite the fact that he is, 43 years old like that's that's absolutely amazing yeah. that's that's crazy uh all right let's move over to the bullpens miguel castro has two saves last week do you do you have him moving ahead of, of andrew chafin in arizona for for saves or still just kind of a mess no i i think it's still a bit of a mess i i think probably castro is he's due for a blow up and uh, chafin's been pretty decent i don't know maybe they're Maybe they're both decent, but either way, I think at, at worst it is like a timeshare, and at best it's Chafin's job with Castro getting the occasional save. So I would lean on Chafin still, but Castro Castro is probably rosterable in like 15-team mixed leagues and deeper. Yeah, I would agree with that statement, and I think maybe the big thing is that he's like Castro's moved – above Scott McHugh, who we thought might be climbing that hierarchy and, and challenging Chafin. It seems like McHugh, is, who's had a couple of, of not ideal outings, he's kind of fallen back to third in the, in the pecking order. Um, Dylan Floro appears to be the closer in Miami for now. They they obviously have the injury that they're still waiting on. Um, but at least for now, I, I think it's Dylan Floro. Do you agree? Wow. Uh, yeah, well, last week, if people remember, last week I said that Dylan Floro, because of uh, Craig Mish, who's the Marlins beat writer, bid a lot on Floro. So I was pretty much convinced that Floro was going to be the guy because of that, because Mish knows the Marlins, you know, better than anyone, um, or at least as good, hopefully, as uh, Skip Schumacher. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Um, you know, actually, I didn't realize, though, Dylan Floro has thrown a ton of innings. Holy crap. I didn't realize he had been thrown – he had thrown that he – he's already thrown over 21 innings? Wow. That seems like a that's, lot for now, right? That's a lot on closer. I feel like that's like <laughs> everyday use almost. Yeah, I mean like, – Because he doesn't throw roughly, like three innings. I think we're roughly like a quarter of the way through the season, so – I mean, he's roughly on pace for 80 innings. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even throw two innings at a time. So it's really like he's being used a lot constantly. Yeah. They have a game. He's out there on the mound. Yeah. And he's been good. Like, he's been very good for them. Uh, 2490 RA. He's striking out at, a, you know, over 8K per nine. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's done his job. Uh, all right. So give, give people some pickups and then we'll get out of here, Greg. Uh, okay. So uh, we got a Paul DeJong. Colonel Colonel Muster, he's been great. So DeJong, I didn't really think he was going to even start, let alone be rosterable, but he has been, and he's been really good, at least for the last week. He's probably, I mean, he he must be borderline. If he wasn't named NL Player of the Week, he had to be borderline because he had a crazy week. Um, also, I really like Kyle Farmer. I think I've mentioned before, but he's like a guy who isn't necessarily going to be you know, uh, flashy, like high power, uh, big time speed, neither of those things. But he's a guy who's going to play a lot. He's going to get runs and RBIs. He probably sh- he won't kill you, I don't think, in average. So, I mean, he's been good. Francisco Alvarez, 
don't usually mention catchers on this, but, you know, he's been really great, even though the Mets added Gary Sanchez, which is goofy. But, you know, that's the match for you. <laughs> I Francisco Alvarez has been great. I mean, he looks really good, um, uh, like, for fantasy, not, like, physically. Like, he's... I mean, he's, he's not a bad-looking dude. He's, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, he's fine-looking. He's, you know, he, he's squat. <laughs> good i like him i like francisco alvarez because he reminds me of myself if i put on like 120 pounds <laughs> he's 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 great um who else uh akil badu has been hot uh recently so there's that um i don't know you got any uh, you got any pictures for the people well, I wanted to first mention it better be Chris Morrell. He better win you know, Player of the Week because he's never going to get another shot at it. David Ross is going to send him back down to the minors or something. So uh, <laughs> he better win it while he has a shot to do it. Um, That's true. Kyle, so for this week, I have Brady Singer versus Detroit and versus Washington. He's had a couple of, of good starts back-to-back. It's a guy that we both liked in the preseason. I think he might be kind of figuring out his timing and, and his pitch mix down uh dean kramer we had talked about he gets texas this week at texas so that's not a bad place to go matthew boyd it is it's matt boyd so you know you're getting what you're getting but he's at kansas city so nothing wrong there zach granke's been kind of in that rich hill mode where he's old but he's he's getting it done and he's going to detroit and real quick just a few names tristan mckenzie and vince velasquez are, are also coming off of the il soon so if you're in a league where there's no IL spots or like an NFF, NFBC league where sometimes those guys have to get dropped to bring in new people, potentially look at adding them to your rosters as, as we're going forward. Um, Kyle Bradish has been good. Braxton Garrett's been good. I think I mentioned him last week. But this week he's at Colorado, so not running Garrett out there for this one. Um, and Brian Bayo, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox uh, prospect. He's he's been pretty solid as well. So I'm I'm interested in all those guys. Yeah, yeah, those are good names. Yeah. So there's some names on the hitting and pitching side. I think we covered a lot of a lot of good names that have been kind of in the comments and that I've seen out there. So if you have any specific ones or if you did like our our quick hitter section with the Anchorman theme, let me know. <laughs> that way I can make sure that Gray's annoyed and I tell him that next week. Uh, and until then, I'll talk to you later, next week, Gray. All right, let's.